to Explain People, the podcast where we help you understand your fellow human beings in a whole new light. I'm Master Coach Kim Giles, and I have Coach Sarah Henderson with me in the studio today. And Sarah, today I want to talk about difficult people and which shapes are maybe the most likely to be difficult in certain ways. And I've got some bad news on this front. The truth Oh, is- no. We can all be difficult. What are you going to tell me? All, all of us can be difficult. <laughs> oh, no. There's no right or wrong answer? No shape is better than any other? Nope. And we can all be unbalanced. We are just unbalanced and difficult in different ways than other people are unbalanced and difficult. Right, right. I'm excited about this, Kim. Of course, we all have different people in our life. And because of some of the situations we're in, it's coming out. We're getting in and out of balance all the time. And when we're out of balance or people around us are out of balance, it seems like we get triggered. And I think that's when we become more difficult. Yeah, we're more grouchy and on edge and and sensitive, like easy to offend. All of this has started to happen. And we're hearing a lot of struggles from people with their home and their family. The longer this goes on, right, we've got some of that happening. So... Often when people come to me and say, oh my gosh, I've got this boss or this coworker, this relative that's driving me crazy. Often they are talking about fear of loss, dominant shape. Now, let me tell you, fear of failure, dominant shapes have bad behavior too, but it's often not as in your face. It's not as aggressive or loud or pushing your buttons quite in the same way. A lot of fear of failure dominant people, when they get out of balance and are out of sorts, they're more likely to detach, pull back away from you, and not have conflict. But that's not good for their relationships. And I'll own it. I'm an arrow. I'm a runner. And so if if we're having conflict, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm out of there. And that's not good for relationships. It, I need to, and I've had to learn to work through things and stay in there and talk about it, even if it involves having conflict. So it's a different type of bad behavior, just as bad for relationships. But I do want to kind of talk about some of the more in-your-face aggressive or, I don't know, offensive bad behavior that we see in some shapes. How do you feel about that? Well, I think, you know, the part of this bad news for me is that I'm one of those um, fear of lost shapes. So I'm an octagon and this is a behavior that I really didn't recognize in myself until I understood that I was fear of loss and that I really do like having control of the situation. But once you recognize that, you're a little bit better at uh, taking taking stock in that and and making changes and changing, recognizing your behavior, taking action to change that behavior. So That's the bad news for me, but I have to say, I also have some people in my life right now that are fear of failure dominant and they're kind of driving me nuts. So I'm excited to learn more about how, how we can get out of these places or learn from these difficult people. Yeah. You know, I had this thought while you were talking, we're going to talk about some behaviors that this might help you identify what shape some of those people in your life are, but I've got some circles that can have horrible out of balance behavior circles can overreact to things and go so drama queen and just it's the end of the world and this isn't really something that's this bad <laughs> and later they'll be able to look at it and go yeah that was a little overblown wasn't it but they just get so frustrated when things aren't the way they wanted them to be and even though they're fear of failure dominant 
the drama. And the same with stars who are fear of failure dominant. Stars can have more drama than probably any other shape and overreact. And it usually will happen when, when stars or circles feel abandoned or criticized. We're, we're triggering their fear of failure. And that can bring out some really, really dramatic behavior. Right. And what's happening when they're doing that? I, I think the drama is, is a way of running. It may not be an ignoring factor, but the drama is a way to kind of run from it and just be like, you know what, I'm done and stop talking about it or whatever that might be. And that cuts them off from a, a learning experience or walking, taking a step toward that conflict and maybe seeing if there's a way to resolve. So tell us about if I'm a circle, what am I, what should I be doing when I recognize that behavior or where do we go from here? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is that the answer for stars and circles, they actually need love and reassurance. And when they go drama queen, it's the last thing we want to give them. People don't want to reward that behavior. And so you don't show up and put your arm around them and, and offer love and validation, but that is in fact what they need. And I've often told people who are married to a circle or a star, remember that their bad behavior is a request for love. It's a horrible way to request love because no one wants to give it to you, but that is in fact what they need to calm them down and make them feel better. Well, isn't that true for fear of loss as well? I know that I recognize that. All bad behavior we've talked about is oftentimes a cry for love and validation and approval. Isn't that true? It's true. Yeah. Right. So I can see it in both fear of loss and fear of failure. Yeah. And especially with octagons too, because you're people oriented. So some love and attention and affection is the validation that will often make you feel more balanced too. But on right. top of that, you also have that need for some control to feel safe in the world because the I'm not safe belief is kind of big. And a lot of our fear of loss dominant people are going to be like that. So when they feel like they don't have control or they feel mistreated, they're going to get out of balance. So, and, and what, do we, what do we do with these out of balance people in our lives? Like, is there a lesson to be learned? Because I have fear of failure and fear of loss people in my life that right now are out of balance and maybe I'm out of balance too, but what can I, what, what are they trying to teach me, Kim? We talk about a lot that the difficult people in our lives are sometimes our greatest teacher. Tell me about okay. that. Okay. So I got a couple answers in there because okay. they are, they are your best teacher. Usually they're triggering your fear issue. So if I'm in a relationship with an octagon or a square of a fear of loss dominant person and they get confrontational and get angry because they feel mistreated, they're going to kind of attack me for mistreating them. And that's going to trigger my fear of failure, which is going to make me want to pull away which triggers more loss in them, which makes them more critical and mad at me. And, and it's just this vicious cycle. So ideally true, you want to get, try to give them some love and validation and acknowledgement, give them as much control as you can. But at the end of the day, you, you can't fix their fear issue and you can't be responsible for it. They are the only one who's going to be able to change it and do the work to trust about their value and their journey and to get a handle on their, their bad behavior. We, we can't be responsible for fixing it. We can try 
to give validation and reassurance and hope that that helps in the moment so that we can work through things. But I always want to clarify that because we can often think that we've got to fix it and you can't fix it for somebody else. So if they continue to behave badly, what you then have got to do is have boundaries and you've got to not allow them to continue to attack and abuse you. And I've often said, I would love to talk to you this about this more as soon as you can do so respectfully and with kindness and compassion for me too. So you got to get a handle and then I'd be happy to talk to you about it, but I'm not doing it like this. Yeah, I think boundaries are an interesting thing. It's something that I've had to be a little bit cognizant about recently. So what is what is a boundary? To me, it means something that is what's okay and not so, what's not okay. So you, you talked just for a second there about when you're ready to maybe calm down and respect me, then we can talk. So just talk about a boundary for a second and what that might look like. Okay, so we've all grown up being told to be nice and do things for other people and kind of sacrifice ourselves and yes. keep other people happy. And so we often feel guilty or bad if we take care of us. And often in a situation, you, you get to choose one. I either sacrifice and make you happy or I'm selfish and I make me happy. Well, the reality is that it's not, you're not going to live in a healthy relationship and a healthy mindset until you can do both at the same time. And the boundary is the place where I love you and me, and I see them both as important, and I will give to you, but not to where it's sacrificing me too much, because I'm just as important as you. So a boundary rule is where I'm honoring my own needs and yours. And sometimes I, I can't do them both. So I have to have a balance. Sometimes I'm choosing me and sometimes I'm sacrificing for you. But I think a boundary is almost a permission slip. I have to give clients permission to say, yeah, it's okay to take care of yourself too. And it's not selfish, it's wise and healthy. So if, if I've got a boss at work or a coworker who is so difficult, who makes my life miserable, then you better believe I have permission to limit my interaction with them. And I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna put myself through too much of their bad behavior. I don't, I deserve to not live like that. And it's okay to have those boundary rules. So if you've got a really difficult person in your life, there's a couple things I just want you to keep in mind. Life is a classroom. We are here to learn and grow, and especially to learn in our capacity to love. And I feel like everybody gets some really difficult people in their world who show you what I call it, they show you the limits of your love. So I am a super loving person. I love everybody right up until you get to that one that just drives me nuts. And all of a sudden I just have struggled to find love in me for this person. And you've got some of those, don't you? Well, I do, but I also often say, you know, I have, an, I have enough love in my heart for everybody until somebody on the freeway cuts me off and then I'm like really mad, right? But there have been some people in my life right now that it's, they've been challenging to me. I'm struggling not to hold judgment for them. I'm struggling to set boundaries with them. I definitely have those people in my life. Okay, everybody does. I know every listener to the show, you've got somebody in your life that shows you the limits of your love. And it's actually really important that you kind of explore what's going on there. What are they triggering in you? 
why do you feel safer if you stay in judgment or rejection of them? And, and why does even gossiping about them or thinking a lot about how horrible they are, why is that making you feel safer? Because at some level it is. It's making you feel safer in the world to see them as the enemy. Now, often for me, the people, the only people that I tend to judge are people who I feel like judge and criticize and are not compassionate to others. A while back, I was dating somebody who I kept seeing this behavior of just ripping on people. <laughs> and I'm like, that, I don't like those people at all. I'm sorry, but we can't even be friends if you're somebody that rips apart other people. And I kept finding myself in so much judgment of this person, but I'm fear of failure dominant. And so this people who judge others, they're actually triggering my fear of failure because I have so much fear about being criticized and judged. And so they scare me and I have a sense of safety if I can see all those people as these bad people and kind of reject them in my life. But the reality is we all do that. We, we're all human beings. We all judge and gossip and see bad in other people. And most of the time we do it because of our fear of not being good enough. And if we see bad in other people, that sort of makes you feel like you're the good one. Have you kind of realized that about gossip, that that's kind of why people do it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want other people's bad behavior to be acceptable. So I talk about it and I, can you believe this? Can you believe that? To make sure that they're on my side and see my point of view, um, because that's what gossip does. It makes me feel superior, makes me feel better, makes me feel like I'm doing things in my life right. And there have been times where I just say, you know what? I can't talk about that anymore because I don't have anything nice to say. And so I just shut my mouth because I catch myself doing this. And it's hard. It's hard for me to accept that in myself, but it is absolutely pushing the limits of my love. I love that you say that because I didn't think my, I would have said that my love didn't have limits, but this is maybe forcing me to take a second look at that. Yeah. I know when we gossip to other people, we're getting their buy-in on that we're right, that those people are worse than us. And that's this added validation that we get when other people are bought into it with you. But you guys, this is not how you want to have good self-esteem because at the end of the day, you still know that it's wrong and that that makes you a judgmental person and you, in the end, won't like yourself for it. But the other thing that happens is you get to choose one of two mindsets when it comes to how you view human beings and their value. And you can either choose that our value changes and some people are better than other people and we have good people and we have bad people. You can choose that system if you want, but you will always be afraid that you're not good enough if you choose that system because no matter how hard you work to be perfect, you're still going to find people out there who have things you don't. And if you buy into that system, some people have more value than others you're determining that your own value will always be in question. Your Absolutely. only other option is our new system. See all human beings as the same value, have compassion that you, they may have a different fault than you have, but you have yours too. And we all have the same value and it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. Nobody is better. Nobody is worse than anybody else. 
So Kim, help me put this into action because this is something that I truly believe, but I have a hard time implementing it on a day-to-day basis. I think I remember you telling me that you have a policy about gossip. When people are gossiping around you, you have a policy. Can you remind us what your policy is on that? Well, so I kind of have this boundary rule around it, but it's not about making other people stop gossiping. It's just about myself. Okay. You know, because I don't like who I am if I go there. So I will either try to change the subject or I'll leave the conversation and walk away because I just don't, I just don't want to participate in that. But I think the more important, the more important steps or behavior that I want everybody to watch for is whenever you identify that you're having an issue with this difficult person, they're triggering, they're pushing your buttons, they're showing you the limits of your love. This is your perfect classroom moment. That person is here to teach you something. So one of the things that I've been working with clients on lately is to grab some paper and do what I call dark side journaling and get down on paper all these thoughts and feelings that are coming out about this person and all that petty, gossipy, horrible, judgmental stuff that you want to say to someone else. Just put it all down on paper. Let yourself write it all out. Now, I don't do this in my journal because I don't want my grandkids to read this one day. I'm going to do this on some paper because I'm going to burn it or throw it away after. Right. But dump it all out so you can look at it and say, okay, what, what is this here to show me today? And this is about my growth in love. So what, what is this for? Because this person, this difficult person in your life is there to teach you something. And sometimes they're there to help you recognize your own self-hate and judgment that you have about yourself because we all do we are hard judges on ourselves we've got a long list of things about me that i don't like and we project that self-hate onto other people and we look for those same things in them and so in seeing all this hate that comes out on paper that you're feeling or experiencing i want you to recognize that a lot of it is really about you and you cannot Love yourself as long as you still see all this horrible in other people because you're focusing on not enough, not enough, bad, right? Guilt and shame and and what's wrong with us. And if you're going to focus on that in other people, you're also going to see it in yourself. So if you want to be able to truly love yourself, you got to find those dark places where these difficult people are showing you the limits and you got to learn how to love them past those limits. So this takes a lot of compassion because you got to forgive them of all their, their quirky, annoying behavior and say, you know what? You're a student in the classroom of life. You've got a lot to learn and grow still, but you have the same value as me, even though you have all that. And you'll find the more that you give up judgment and you, you choose compassion for that very person that was driving you crazy and you try to tune yourself into finding some love for them, what you're really going to experience is is more capacity to love yourself and to forgive yourself for your own dark side parts. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, and I, I love the ability to be able to write it down and not really have to say it out loud and feel bad about it and just be able to tear it up and throw it away. But let's talk about those people. Those are the really difficult people in our lives and we can write down and we can say bad things about them. And if they're really hurting us, um, they've hurt our family, they've hurt us in some way, 
are we obligated to let them back into our life and continue to show up in a difficult way? Is that what this is about? Or is it just no, about? Absolutely not. If you've got okay. someone in your life who is emotionally, mentally abusive, and you can't be around them without really taking some hits. Okay. This is where some boundaries are and you've got to have a strict boundary to protect yourself. You should have a boundary. You don't want to be around those people, but I still try to get myself to love them from afar. Now, that may be so far that they are not in my life anymore, but there they are way over there, far, far away from me. I'm not having anything to do with them anymore, but I'm still going to work on having compassion and letting them be a struggling student in the classroom of life worthy of value and love because it will affect my ability to love myself. Yes, I love that. I, loving them from afar is perfect because I imagine that we are all finding people in our own families and our workplace, not just people that we have a choice of whether or not we see them on a day-to-day basis that we still need to see every day, but we don't need to share our deepest, darkest secrets with them. We don't need to um, you know, maybe spend a lot of time with them um, and we can um, love them with their flaws and with all of their uniqueness, just like we have, right? Yes. A matter of fact, you were just reminding me, my daughter has had this problem recently with a friend in her friend group. And this gal is really out of balance. So everything is all about her and she's very selfish, but she can't see that. And usually my daughter just takes it takes it and doesn't say a word. But lately she's given herself permission to stand up for herself and call her out if she's doing something really hurtful. And so she's done that a few times. And instead of this person going, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to be that way. You know, I'll try to do better. She just got viciously attacked back and there's no ownership and there's no recognizing any fault on her own. And so my daughter's had to recognize that she's just not going to be able to be friends with this person. And she said, mom, but what's really bugging me is that as I've ended the friendship, I've told her that I just don't think I can do this friendship anymore. And she's making me the bad guy and she's telling everybody and she just hates me. And now she's even a bigger enemy because I walked away from her. And this is the thing you, you don't get to decide what story that other person's going to have about this and chances are pretty good. The story they're going to choose makes you the bad guy, not them. And, and I've experienced this with divorce. You know, I don't get to choose the story they're going to tell on their side of what happened in, in this relationship. So that's none of your business. You have got to let it completely go as part of loving them from far. You can't care. It doesn't, matter the fact that you know how it played out for you and what your truth is is what matters and really all that's in your control is your desire to still find compassion and love for this struggling human being even though you're not going to have her in your life anymore that's that's the part the only part that you have any control over wow That's pretty heavy, Kim. I feel like we might be able to do a whole nother show on that because that seems like it would dovetail perfectly into maybe some forgiveness talk there. So that might be for another show. We should do a forgiveness show. We'll have to to put that on the list. Well, thanks, Sarah, for doing this one with me.
Hey, yeah, this was a great one, Kim. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Join us again next week for some more of Explain People.